Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Seven one four. What's your name and what's on your mind this morning? 
Good morning, it's Groove Mills. How are you guys doing? Happy Easter. Groove. First time joining okay. the Sunday brunch with Timeless and Mike Harvey. How are you guys doing? What's up, bro? What is going on? This is crazy. Sports City, I want to let y'all know something. This is the first time he's called into the kitchen. This is crazy. And um, he's actually been at a bakery, too, so I'm mad that he's up here talking to us, and he's showing all type of cookies and, and chocolate covered strawberries. I don't think that I'm not on my stuff. I see him out here in the <laughs> so he's in the kitchen right now. So we got a lot of stuff to jump into, including NBA playoffs, but I don't know if you guys seen or heard about the situation last night. But Errol Spence Jr. stopped your Danish Ugas last night, late rounds uh, in a boxing match after so many rounds. He actually ends up unifying another belt. He has one more to go. But me personally and analytically, I get to address this situation. I don't want to see them fight because I don't want them to mess up their record, but it's going to end up happening. Um, he ended up stopping him by technical knockout due to the damage to his eye. Um your Danish just beat Manny Pacquiao for that belt and ends up getting it taken from him by uh, Errol Spence. I'm not sure if you heard of this situation, but your thoughts on the fight, Mike, uh, if you did see or hear about Errol Spence winning this fight up against your Danish Listen, we haven't seen Spence in a little while. I'm, I'm impressed with uh, his performance last night. This, I mean, you can beat Pacquiao. He's not, you know, he ain't a punk, so to speak. Like, this guy can fight. Uh, but Spence showed us once again that he is on a collision course. You know, we talked about it last night, and we'll go into it a little more. But this, he did his part to set this fight up. And now, hopefully, before this year's out or next year, we have a, a new pairing. I mean, this is a this is a, a, a mega fight that a lot of people have been waiting or hoping to see for a little while now. Uh, a, a mega fight in the heavy in the in that what middleweight welterweight division one forty seven for these two guys maybe. Mm-hmm. Welterweight one forty seven, correct. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, the, we talked about it last night. It's it's kind of got the. Hagler, Leonard, uh, tight feel to it. Like, these are two mega stars, And for us to be able to get them still very much uh, in, the, in the primes of their careers and the highlights of their careers, like, you don't have one guy almost over the hill or one guy, like, barely, barely breaking in. Um, so I'm like you. I hate to see it because I don't want to see anybody mess up that record. But at the same time, uh, two of the best that this sport has to offer right now, hooking it up, that has to be very good for this sport if we can finally find a way to make it happen. So uh, these promoters, people that represent these two guys, let's uh, let's cut the, you know, let's let's cut the BS. Let's let's make this happen. Let's not let it drag out for for years like they did the Pacquiao uh, Mayweather thing. Let's let's get these guys together and see this fight. Well, and this is bad because I think Spence gets promoted better. Um, they still have proper fighting through PBC, uh, and I don't think they pull in the money that either Showtime or any other big venue that goes through pay-per-view that gets that type of money. But Crawford's still a prize fighter at the end of the day. He does have a uh, belt as well. But now Spence has three of the belts within the division. There's one looming, which – 
is Crawford, and at the end of the fight, he says he wants Crawford next. So it's like this has to happen. I guess the next fight Bud has, you know, that's going to be the stepping stone toward this mega fight. So I think this probably can end up happening the end of the year. Uh, and that would probably be crazy because it probably would be in Vegas, and that could be a December fight. That would be excellent because I might be in the vicinity. So that would be great to see that potentially happen. Um, Group, I'm not sure if you heard about the situation with this fight or wanted to speak on this. Your thoughts on Spence stopping Ugas and the thought of Spence and Crawford looming potentially this year, if not early next year. No, I didn't have a chance to to watch the fight. I did see some after the fight uh photos of uh of his eye and that thing was uh was pretty pretty hammered. So I'm sure I'm sure there were some some vicious blows dealt. Um but yeah I think it'd be I mean it, it would be a great great time for everybody obviously. Who doesn't love a huge a huge fight, you know, um like Michael said it's a collision course uh in the wait in the in waiting and that's gonna happen soon hopefully. Um like he like I like to reiterate what Mike said, I just hope that it doesn't get dragged out to the point where it's exciting, but not as as exciting as it would have been if it happened at the right time. So, you know, I think that would, that that'd be a great Christmas present for us all, right? It'd be a birthday present for me and Sports City. Sports City's birthday is in December, also. Um, I'm. <laughs> Uh, personally, I, I don't want to see it happen because I love both of these guys as boxers. Um, I want to see their records remain unblemished, but they have to. And the reason why it has to happen like this, this is like the Hagler-Leonard situation where a lot of people love both of the boxers, one being from Maryland, one being from Massachusetts. And, you know, styles make fights. One's flashy, one's a brawler. And um, it has to end up happening and, and just proving that they're the best. they got to test each other. So, And I agreed. You know, as much as I'm a big Floyd fan, that it went far too long before they made it happen. And just to actually just make sure your blood was right was kind of a situation that Floyd was addressing. Like, he didn't want to fight him under any drug situation. So if he's enhanced by any ACH or steroid, then I get it. Like, you're not going to beat me into some bad submission or stop me because you got an edge, you know. So... Uh, that took forever for Manny to finally say yes and just get his drop of blood to be proven that he's clean and they had to fight and, and it did take years to happen. But this situation right now with Errol Spence and Bud Crawford, both of these guys are fairly, I don't want to say young, but I, I'll say that they're not old. They're, like, they're basically around their late 20s, early 30s. So this, this is still a favorable fight for both of them. Um, the, and the styles are interesting. You have a, a counter puncher compared to somebody that wants to stay in the pocket and just throw blows. And, and I don't know how this fight is going to go down, but I, I love every last bit of how this is going to end up going. And this is April, so I, I don't think that Spence will take that long of a layoff. But if it is like that six-month layoff after their fight, it, or it, it could be around. It really could be a December fight or October. So that's something that we got to stay tuned for. we got to hear what Crawford says after his next fight, and it, it, he has to win to hang on to that belt, too. So that's pretty heavy uh, moving forward. Um, any, it, anything else before we Go ahead. Now, it's interesting because Crawford, you know, he's kind of a guy that worked his way up, that, you know, did a, several fights in Omaha, you know, where he's from, to sort of, uh, uh, you know, as as he really sort of broke in and, and now has that, that reputation for being one of the best in the game and 
it would just be interesting to see, like you said, the, the counterpuncher versus the guy that likes to stand there and bang. It'll be interesting to see the comparisons, and once these guys get together, like, um, it, it's it's one of the fights that I've been looking forward to or hoping that we could see for a little while. And to to be one step closer, I think is just good for is great for the sport of boxing. Okay, so let let let's move from this because it's you know my I, I got my my presents under the tree in April. I, I know it's, it's Christmas is really December. I'm a December boy by far, but basketball i'm curtis blow today basketball is my favorite sport i like the way to dribble up and down the court so i'm going to start a little trouble right now sports city i have to do this i i have to start trouble um the first things first the utah jazz go into dallas texas and win game one 99 to 93 and we're going to stop here Donovan Mitchell, the tri-state area guy, because I get a lot of pushback. They call him New York. They call him Connecticut. But we'll go either way. We can share him. We can share him. But you know where he's he's at right now. Um, He had 32.6 rebounds, 6 assists, and in a losing effort, Brunson goes off with 24.7 rebounds and 5 assists. This is where I'm starting trouble. Luka just got injured at the doorstep of the playoffs. So unfortunate that he misses game one. And I was saying before this game, and I quote, if Utah loses this game without Luka, they're in trouble because they should be able to take advantage without their megastar on the floor for them. And they did. The way that Utah started the game was very sluggish. It, it felt like Dallas was you know, feeding off of the frenzy of the crowd. And then Utah basically had that speech at halftime, like, let's turn it on now. And they took over the game in that second half to give Utah a lot of credit to win this game. Now, this is the biggest question. Luka's health is still in at, you know, large if he could play game two. If he's out game two and Utah could carry this energy into game two and steal game two in Dallas, this has been in front of Dallas for the past two seasons. They played the Clippers. I think they lost the first two. They won the next two on the road. Can Dallas do it again if Luka's off the floor? This is a storm of a question right now that I've built up at this moment. Um, This could be a tough scenario for Dallas, or Dallas has been here two times before. So I want to see how you guys feel about this. I'll start with you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this one as well as I get Bruce set up. The Jazz winning this matchup up against Dallas, and how do you feel they're moving forward, at least in the game two? You know, the Jazz did what they were supposed to do. Like you said, they had to have this one. Uh, without Luka on the floor, you better take advantage when you got a chance to beat a team. I, I still remember that series last year with the with the Clippers, and that was a, a, a weird series where every team was winning um, on the road. I feel like that if they can, you know, this this calf strain, um, if if they can get Luca back right, you know, nobody's completely healthy this time of year. But if you can get him back to where he's performing at, at close to a at a high level, then I think that um, that Dallas still definitely has a chance in this series. They have proven that they can go on the road and and steal some games. Uh, but I, I think so much just relies on, on Luca's health. I think that they can still obviously make a series out of this and can compete. But you, you've got to have Luca back, otherwise it's going to be a, otherwise it's going to be curtains pretty quick. I think. Ooh, your thoughts on Game One in Dallas, Texas? How do you feel about the Jazz taking advantage of home court 
Hey, could the Mavericks turn this around with Luka coming back with a calf strain either game two or game three? Yeah, I, I'm looking at it. And the thing that really stands out to me is Rudy Gobert's 17 rebounds. Um, mm-hmm. it, it didn't appear that look, anybody, like the Powell, Powell's the center for the Mavericks, he he well underperformed five rebounds, four points. I mean, they're, they're going to have to challenge in the paint a little bit harder than that. Um, the Mavericks are, but I think yes, with Luca coming back, it takes a lot of pressure off of the other players. Spencer Dinwiddie had a pretty good game, um, you know, twenty-two points on thirty minutes or thirty-six minutes. Um, but yeah, obviously the Jazz snatched one. Um, I think Dallas will win the series. Um, maybe Utah gets another one, but I, I do still think Dallas wins the series. Yeah, this reminds me of last year's playoffs a little bit, like some of the upsets happening in the first game, you know, so like uh, mm-hmm. it feels like sometimes these, these things kind of uh, come out and it's like, you know, how the first round of a boxing match goes, right? Um, everyone's kind of still getting their footing, getting a strategy, um, seeing what the other team's doing, making adjustments, that type of thing. I still think Dallas takes the series, but yeah, that was, that was good for Utah to snatch that game last night. Interesting. You still like Dallas. So I want to hear more about the injury situation because it is a calf strain for Luka. Um, They're saying he could potentially miss game two, but it would be bad if he does. But I wouldn't want to force my face of the franchise out there to work this injury even worse. But they need him. So it's like, what do we do here? This is where the trouble begins. And then if he does come out there, there's – this is almost like the wilderness, you know, like if a wolf sees or smells blood, they're going to come and get it. So if he's bleeding, why not attack him if he's the head of the snake? You see what I mean? Like, like uh, that, that's the one thing that I'm addressing. Like if Luca comes out there and he's 80%, 85%, like why not put them in, in jeopardy? Cause Dallas isn't the strongest defensive team. And just like Ruth mentioned, you have a situation where their big isn't able to come out there and play as severe in uh, Dwight Powell because he's out of position regardless. He's a power forward, but they have him playing the five. And this is karma for the Dallas Mavericks because they got rid of their seven-foot-three guy in uh, Porzingis and sending him to D.C. Now they don't have anybody that could deal with a guy like Rudy Gobert who's dominating the board. So this, they made their bet. This is the way that they want it. They're going to have to survive with or without Luka or if he gets in foul trouble or he's tired or his injury's bothering him, this is what Dallas is looking at. So Jason Kidd, out of anybody that I get to pick on, is going to have to come up with some scenario to at least make sure that they lock up game two. They have to win game two. There's no <laughs> written situation for them to come back to Utah down 2 nothing and win another two games like they've done for the past two seasons with the Clippers. And the way that the Clippers ended up doing that, they ended up winning this series. So Dallas doesn't want to be in this scenario again. At least that's the way that I'm looking at it right now. But uh, even with looking at Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell only played 22 minutes. So they were actually trying to work Bertans into this situation in Kleber because uh, they didn't play that much off of the bench. Um I, I give Dallas credit for keeping this game close, but at the end of the day, Utah did what they needed to do, especially with Donovan Mitchell, knowing what type of scenario this is right now, going off for over 30 uh, in this matchup. And he shot a hell of shots. He had 29 shots and made, made 10, but still made this a game for Utah to at least steal home court at this point in time. Um, Mike, who do you like in this uh, matchup? Do you like Utah or Dallas? especially after the game one win by Utah. 
Well, I think it's big for Utah to get that win on the road, like I said, especially without Luka. You know, there was part of me that thought that Dallas would still – there was part of me that thought that Utah might find a way to get this series with Luka being banged up. I was impressed, even with all the uh, – some of the disparities in stats and how close Dallas was able to keep that score, at least the final, uh, yesterday. Uh, but right now, especially with them taking that game one on the road and still not knowing what we're going to get for Luka, um, I would say that as things stand today, I would favor Utah coming out of this series. Uh, but now, you know, listen, some other things could happen to Mike get banged up. But right now I would favor Utah just because I feel like that Dallas is going to go as far as Luka can take, that, can take them. And I'm just not sure that – you know, with that injury going right into the playoffs, that he's able to carry the same kind of load that he's been able to in the postseason for this team before. We have a split. Do I break it? Do I break the tie? Me being tied, do I break the tie? We have a split. So we have one going Dallas, one going Utah. I'll leave it alone. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll leave it split. Keep the mischief going. Okay, so the next game, this is this is puzzling. And I said it before this series started. Minnesota beat the Clippers, and I said that Styles made fights, especially with the boxing situation. I said this, but now with the Wolves going up against Memphis, I was saying that if Beverly could get involved and frustrate at least Ja, this can be an interesting series. Minnesota goes into Memphis and steals game one, 130 to 117. If Memphis can't get their defensive strategy together, this could actually get very ugly, very fast. Uh, Anthony Edwards, in his first playoff game in his career, goes off for 36 points, six assists and two rebounds. John Moran has 32 points, eight assists and four rebounds. I can't downplay what John brought to the game, but he was forcing a lot in this matchup. Groove, your thoughts on this game one uh, situation between the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies? The Wolves still in this game by over ten points. Yeah, I mean it was a that's a that's a big lead. <laughs> that's a big win, um, especially scary to me because I picked Memphis coming out of the West. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that uh, Memphis is going to have to figure it out defensively. I mean, Anthony Edwards just comes out and has, you know, as an early 2020 uh, draft pick, uh, just come out and you know, part of part of my life philosophy is uh, being the best when your best is, is required. And uh, he is absolutely doing that. He is, he has shown up big in some very big games that they needed. And, uh, and again, last night he showed up really huge in, uh, you know, in his first playoff appearance. And uh, I think this is like the perfect compliment to Carl Anthony Towns uh, in, in that other star player that he needed to, to, uh, to move forward. I don't, I mean, I'm still going to pick Memphis because that's my original pick to, to come out of the West, so of course I'm going to pick them for the series, but they got punched in the mouth last night. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is not a lie. Um, and leaving it between Cat and Anthony Edwards, Cat put up damn near 30. He put up 29 points, 13 rebounds, and three assists. I mean, going off as a big, I feel like they are in trouble, and I'm saying Memphis could be in trouble because they don't have anybody to deal with Cat, let alone the others are actually doing – Interesting enough work. Look, looking at D'Angelo Russell, he only hit two shots, and they did enough to win by more than 10. 
on the road, picture if he's able to give them, like, let's just say 16 to 18 points. This could get in a troublesome manner for Memphis Grizzlies on at home. They're, they're losing like this. This is tough, especially while the Timberwolves are actually buying in on the defensive end and stopping Memphis. Memphis has to come up with a better scheme than just trying to play uh, fast-break basketball. I get it. There's a lot of money out there when you're running and gunning. But after a while, if they're back and you're not getting those layups and you're getting misses, those are four-point turnarounds. So, uh, Mike, your thoughts on this situation with the Wolves stealing one in Memphis? I don't even feel like this is a steal. They actually won it convincing to me. I, so I've been saying for a long time that I think Minnesota's got something here. Um, first of all, nice job by Cat bouncing back after a fairly subpar playing game when they were able to beat the Clippers to take that seven seed. But Anthony Edwards is that dude, man. Like, listen, um, was he 8 of 12 or something from the field last night? He hit his free throws. He hit four three balls last night. Uh, He hit from everywhere. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a true star. And Minnesota, out of all their years of selling people off and trying to get lottery picks and whatever else, they finally hit on two to really build their franchise around. So we'll see what they can do. But this this team really shot the lights out yesterday, man. Like they they came out early, shooting early and often. I think that Memphis probably still has the more complete team. Listen, Memphis did this same thing last year. John Morant goes off in game one, and they get game one against Phoenix last year, and then I think they drop the next four. I'm not saying that uh, Memphis is going to win the next four. I've just seen too much out of Memphis that really impresses me this year to think that they're going to go out in the first round. But this is a this is a difficult matchup for them. That's a big win for Minnesota on the road in game one. Uh, Listen, if Minnesota finds a way to get game two, now we're having a completely, completely different discussion. Uh, But as of right now, I'm going to say this is, uh, like Groove was saying earlier, this is the first round of a boxing match. Minnesota landed the first punch. Memphis has to to hit back, right? And I think this Memphis team, we've talked about it, on this show and other shows on this network over the last couple months, this team's scrappy. They play hard. They even play well without their star. So uh, I, I think they're the more complete team, and I think they can find a way to get it done. Uh, but listen, when Cat plays like he did yesterday and Ant-Man plays like he did yesterday, they're, they're a definite problem uh, for this Memphis team. But I, I feel like a little bit of experience, having been there before, I think probably helps them, and I still consider Memphis the favorite in this series. But listen, what a uh, what a debut! Like John Morant, like basketball people knew him. He was very high draft pick, and people knew him. But you know, last year was really his sort of introduction to uh, the national stage in the postseason, um, and then he parlayed that into an even better season this this year. Um, I think you're going to see the same with Anthony Edwards. Yesterday was his coming out party for people that really hadn't heard of him much since the draft or, you know, don't really get to see Minnesota because, let's be honest, you don't see them a lot on uh, TNT or 
uh, even on ESPN, uh, Minnesota is not one of those those teams that gets regular run. Uh, so, looking at that, like I said, I still think Memphis is uh, is probably the be- the better overall team, but Minnesota made a great accounting for themselves and and showed up, and and so Memphis is definitely going to have to bounce back. They took it on the chin yesterday. Um. I love these two guys. They're my big brothers. I have to anger the both of them at this point in time. Minnesota will win this series. I'm sorry. I love John Morant. I love everything that the Grizzlies did this year. They have been running and been one of the best stories in the NBA right now, especially for them to get to be the second seed. Styles make fights. And boy, this fight is an underdog special. This is like this is Rocky. This is Rocky. Rocky wasn't supposed to beat Apollo, and Apollo was flashy. Everybody loved every last bit of this situation. Apollo had that one-two jab and just kept hitting him with that combo. And Rocky pulls this out of the end when nobody thinks Rocky's gonna win that fight. This is what's gonna happen with the Timberwolves right now. Do you know that Stephen Adams is the starting center for the Memphis Grizzlies? Do you know that he played? 24 minutes in this game and had and three rebounds. He got a three abused. rebounds. That's it. No block, no steal, no nothing, no points, no field goal attempt. He They completely neutralized him, completely. He was out of the game just because he cannot defend Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns could take him into deep waters and stay outside the perimeter and shoot shots and hit. And that's something that they have to switch. They have to get somebody that's athletic enough to run with Cat around the perimeter or defend the shot well. When they do that, they bring in Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., and he's killing him because he's a small forward trying to defend Cat as a big, and he has the edge on him physically. So this is going to be tough while Memphis tries to figure out ways to slow Cat down the rest of the team is going crazy also. This is going to be very tough for Memphis to figure out, especially at the house where they're in Tennessee and they lost by damn near 15. It's 13 is close enough. And um, I think that they gain confidence, let alone they have a guard that's able to stay with Ja. I'm not going to say he shut Ja down, but Beverly's able to frustrate him enough to have, make him have an 8-for-18 night, even though that's close to 50%, but still yet he didn't shoot enough shots to get this game on the corral, if he hit another shot, that would have been 50%. But what does, let's just say, three points. They're down 10. Like, he, he needs to go off. Ja needs to go off. This whole team needs to go off together. They actually played well. Ja had 32. Uh, Dylan Brooks had 24. You had 17 from Desmond Bain. They, they, like, they collectively scored. Steven Adams has to score, but I don't know how they're going to get him involved in this offense when he's not really an offensive problem. He's more or less an, an alley-oop guy, a garbage man, or – finish with alley-oops at the rim. Like, this is going to be very tough for Memphis to figure out why they try to get everything done on the fly, which they did. They didn't shoot the ball well, but they did a good job, and they still got beaten convincingly. I think the Wolves win this series. They stole home court, and it doesn't look like it can get better unless their coaching staff comes up with some scheme to just puzzle Minnesota out of anywhere. Yeah, they're in trouble for sure. You want to add anything else to that group before we get away from this one? 
Oh no, just Stephen Adams isn't the answer. <laughs> That's a, just, you know, no, I don't care. I don't care what the question yeah. is. I don't care what the question yeah, is, exactly. unless it's unless it's who can't check cat, and then Stephen yeah. Adams is uh, tops on the list. And it's tough because he he has a size of cat. Just cat just has athleticism to run to be that big, and he can shoot threes. And you have to defend him. And Stephen Adams can't step out there, and they leave the paint open. And that's the one thing that's hurting Memphis. For them to give up 130 points at their house, that that is disrespectful. That's bad. That's disrespectful. Yeah. So they they got to get this figured out immediately, especially before game two, because if they go down 0-2 and go into Minnesota, uh, you know at half court at basketball games, you know what they do after yeah, – you know what they do when the cheerleaders leave the floor? They they they, they sweep the floor. So don't don't get swept. Please do, do not get swept because this could happen, and this will be a total embarrassment. That'd be devastating. Yeah. Yep. You. Whew. Okay, so we'll, we'll move right along. We we have we have two more before we start talking about the games for today. Uh, we have the Raptors going into Philadelphia. The 76ers win this game by 20. 131 to 111. Pascal Siakam in a losing effort goes off for 24.7 assists and three rebounds. Tyrese Maxey goes off for 38 points, four rebounds, and two assists in his first game as a, a Philadelphia 76er in the playoffs. I want to see how you guys feel about this one. I think this could end up being a bloodbath, but it all depends on how this team looks when they go to Toronto. So I can't really buy everything out of this game one. Philly's supposed to win this, having that psychological edge being in Pennsylvania. Everybody knows it's pretty tough to play in Philly, especially with that crowd and their craziness that they do. They they threw batteries at people. They threw snowballs at Santa Claus. They've done everything. So just know what Philly's about. And Toronto's actually, they have split stars. I, I give Van Fleet and Siakam their credit. They're stars for this team. But is it enough to slow down Harden, Embiid, and now Maxi? I'll come to you on this one, Groove. Your thoughts on this matchup? Philadelphia winning this one at home comfortably by 20. Oh, this series is over. Uh, I know it's just a little early. It's only game one. But like you said, this is, this is going to be a bloodbath. I think they sweep I think they sweep the, the Raptors in this series. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's firing. You know, they got Maxi coming out, putting up 38 points. James Harden didn't really even go off yet. You know, Joel Embiid had a, had a decent game. Um so the, the, they haven't even reached their ceiling yet. This is a yeah. This is this is an easy. I think I honestly think they sweep the the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors win a game in this series. And looking at the field goal percentage for the Raptors, they all shot well. Gary Trent Jr. the only one that had a bad day. He was two for eleven. Everybody else shot over fifty percent, at least for the starters. Yes, there's there's uh. Passion had three for nine off the bench. Everybody else shot over 50% that played in this game, and they lost by 20. 20. Like, I, I don't know. Um, This could get bloody. Just like you said, picture if Harden and Embiid add big games to this. This could get tough. But just like uh, we know, Thibel didn't even play that much. Thibel had 19 minutes. So they're worried about Thibel game three and four going to Toronto because he doesn't have the second COVID shot. So he's not going to be able to play in Canada, um, but in which they did a good job without him. And Harden had six, he shot from the field six or seventeen, 
and ended up with 22. Embiid was nine for no, um, excuse me. Embiid was five for 15 and had 19 points. Embiid barely shot. Like if he gets right. involved, this could this could be this could be a bloodbath for real. So like like I said, I don't want to totally sell what me and Groove were saying. So I, I I want people in Canada don't don't, don't jump at me. You know, don't jump at me. Uh, but this could, this could get ugly if you guys don't figure this out immediately. Um, especially losing by twenty like this, and your team shot well. As a team, they shot forty eight point eight percent from the field. That's that's decent. That's damn near fifty percent. They're doing good. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this matchup? Philly wins this by 20. Um, does it get better for Toronto, at least in game two? Because game three and four, they, they, those are must-wins if they go back 0-2 to Canada. I think right now Toronto's best hope is to try to get one in Canada. I don't think they're going to get both. I just don't know that they have anything to check Embiid and Maxi. Listen, um, probably the best rookie this season has been Scotty Barnes, or at least he's in that conversation of best rookie this season. And then him having to be helped off the floor yesterday, that's a very important athletic piece for this Toronto team. Uh, He definitely can move the needle a little bit for them. And for him to go down, like, that's that's a big piece, or that's, that's something big to take out of the equation for, for this team. So uh, I look at that and, and, I just don't see how. Like, they shot the ball pretty well, as you said, and they still lost by, you know, by 20. So, I I, uh, I don't really see how. I, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think they're going to sweep them because I think Philly has a reputation for at least laying an egg every once in a while in a big playoff game. And so, but I, I just don't see how Toronto can win this series after watching that game yesterday. So, I, and I, I agree. Think, my bad, my bad. Go ahead. No, no finish, finish. No, I, I thought you were done. No finish. I'm sorry. No, and I, I agree that Philly wins the series. I, 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 I'm still leaning towards Toronto finding a way to get one. Um, and maybe, maybe two. But right now I'm leaning towards a gentleman sweep for the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. I think Groove like says sweep. You said gentleman. You said gentleman. Groove says sweep. Or oh, the brooms really are. This is tough. And looking at how they shot, right, and you're thinking like they lost about 20. What would it be? Did they steal the ball a lot? Philly only had six steals. They didn't have many blocks. So it's like even if it were blocks, that was a field goal attempt. So it's like they didn't kill them. Defensively, they just did what they needed to do offensively. I don't know what you could go statistically off of this. It's just Philly came out guns a blazing, and they are not playing around, and, and I have to give them credit for winning this game. I still got my eye on you, Doc. Glenn Rivers, I'm not letting you out of my crosshairs by any means. This is a series you should win, but moving forward up against the big dogs is where I'm worried about that. You and Harden are both wearing these shoes. Right now, don't don't let that uh, glass slipper turn into some regular slippers. You know, you, you better go out there and ball, and don't let Toronto get up. Just like they said, either get get the sweep going or or you know, gentlemen sweep. Let them get one. But it, it's tough because that psychological edge that the Raptors will have with Thibel having to stay in Pennsylvania due to you know the border issues or 
you know, CBC, you know, trying to respect that situation. But um, I, I really don't know at the end of the day what, what Philly could do with Toronto. But right now at home, they're comfortable. And I think they're either set on everybody else that's at the top of the food chain in, in the Eastern Conference, just to say the least. Okay. So and they got the, and they got the good they got the good layout again. I mean, listen, for the second straight year, somehow <laughs> uh, Philly has ended up on the other half of the bracket from Toronto, uh, from Brooklyn, and from and from Milwaukee. So. Uh, you know, last year they stubbed their toe against Atlanta. But things, once again, are laid out for Brooklyn as ideal as they could really hope for or ask with the uh, the opportunity, the the chance to get to the Western Conference Finals without having to go through either the Nets or the Bucks. So it's set up for them again. I mean, they still have to go through a Miami team, but they're still uh, on the other side of the bracket from those guys. So to me – to your point, TP, from what you said before, I'm looking at you, Doc Rivers, and understand you're going to be the lower-seeded team in the next round if you if you get out of this round, um, barring an upset or something with a Miami-Atlanta series. But I, I think, especially with the way they went out last year, if I'm Philly, I'm Philly fans, or if I'm I'm looking at you, Doc Rivers, and I'm saying, like, I expect you to be able to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and if you can't, we got some questions. We will see. Stay tuned. Game two will be coming up soon, but I I, I don't know. Gentlemen, sweep might be comfortable sweeping. I don't know that I, I, they can do it. Now, I'm, Groove, I agree with you. They can do it. I think they can sweep the Raptors. But I just think that if they get beat 0-2, they got to get one in Toronto. If they don't, this will be a letdown for at, at least the run that they went on at the end of the season. Toronto was one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs, ending the season. And uh, if they're getting beat like this, I think it's all for naught. At least that's how I'm feeling right now. So they, they have to play better game two. But if, if they lose game two, they can't go into their house and, and get beat up in Air Canada. It, can, it can't happen. Um, the last of the games from Saturday, and this is interesting because I didn't know this was something that Steve Kerr was setting up. I didn't know that this, he did this. But the Golden State Warriors win their matchup against the Denver Nuggets, 123-107. to 107. In a losing effort, Jokic goes off with 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. So this is like normal for him to damn near have a triple-double. And Jordan Poole, the youngster, goes off with 30, 30 points, 3 assists, and 1 rebound. But this is one thing that I didn't know that Kerr was up to. So Steph Curry just got back from having the ankle injury and missing basically the entire month of March and watching out for him for the you know entirety of the April regular season schedule to like give him that rest to get them ready for the postseason. So Steph came off the bench yesterday due to the injury. They wanted to kind of like let him get his legs underneath him. They are actually now calling a, a lineup that they're setting out there as the death lineup. Forget small ball. Right. They have shooters everywhere, and Draymond is the setup guy. And it's going to be very hard for a lot of teams to defend this, especially while Steph is getting his legs underneath him. He's not even shooting the ball like we've known him to shoot the ball. So he shot 5 for 13 yesterday. 
uh, he was three for six, 50% from three. So once he gets comfortable with this, he finished with 16 points. But Jordan had 30, like I mentioned. Clay Thompson had 19. And you also had 16 from Wiggins. And you also had Draymond that gave you 12. Kevon Looney gave him six and 13 minutes. As this, this was the starting five. But you had these guys basically run them out of the gym. And this, this could get ugly because they have guards that could actually match up with the other players on Denver. Because Denver is not really big all across the board. I say Gordon and Jokic are the bigs that they have to worry about. Other than that, everybody is basically, you know, they can match up across the board. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this matchup with Golden State winning this one by 16 at home? Denver has beaten Golden State this year by buzzer beater in San Francisco. Do you think Denver could steal game two? No, I don't. Um, so I look at this, and I see a couple things. You know, uh, I'm reading about this, and they've said that Jordan Poole has been peppering these guys with questions for years and year, for the last three years, getting ready for this uh, for this moment. So when he did have this opportunity, he would be ready. Uh, now Jordan Poole has put himself in, in rarefied air, and that he is now uh, he scored the second most points of any Warrior player in their playoff debut, second to a man named Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, so that's uh, that's very elite company that he's put himself in with that performance yesterday. And the interesting thing is, is they went with this death lineup or small ball lineup that you want to call it with Draymond Green. Andrew Wiggins, and then the three guards, Curry, Poole, and Thompson. They only went with that lineup for a few minutes right before half, and I think they outscored them by 14 in about five minutes. And that's what swung the, that's what swung the entire uh, balance of this game, is that run that they were able to go on with those guys. Um, listen, uh, Curry comes off the bench yesterday, three for six from three-point range. Uh, I want to say he was five for 13 overall. Uh, Curry just now coming back off a layoff and you kind of eased him into the game and you were still able to win this game. You got to think that like his contributions are going to be even greater moving forward. Like to me, game one might have been Denver's greatest chance to get one on the road. And then they went to that. Like I said, they went to that death line up towards the end of that first half and they were able to swing the, uh, swing the balance of that. I, I think Denver can get at least one in Denver. Um, if they do get if they do get the second game in Golden State, I feel like that uh, Golden State will get one back uh, in the Rocky Mountains. I just think that Golden State is is going to be uh, hard to handle for this Denver team. You know, uh, Jokic is a talented player, but especially without Jamal Murray and without uh, without all those pieces, I, I just don't think that Denver quite has enough to uh, to contest this Golden State team, but we'll see. Interesting. Groove, your thoughts on the matchup yesterday uh, with Golden State winning this one by 16? Uh, do you think the Nuggets could get back into this? I mean, they do have the, the reigning MVP, could potentially win back-to-back. Uh, how do you feel the Nuggets could try to fight this storm with the Warriors with so many different options to win games? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen the Warriors do this death lineup before, but not to not to the efficiency that it is right now. Um, Steph Curry played 22 minutes. I mean, he played he played a great 22 minutes. He put up 16 points. You know, three rebounds, four assists. Um, like you said, shot 50% from the three point line and about 45% from the field um, overall. Um, and then without without um, Donovan Mitchell, like Spider, I don't, you know, I don't know. Is there a time frame for Spider's return or? Wait, wait, or no, no, no. Spider, 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 Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, the guard. Jamal Murray, that's um, right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Jamal Murray. I don't know um, how long so his timetable is, is for him to return. Yeah, I don't see anything. I mean, um, I think this is a sweep if he can't make it back by the end of the series. I think there's another sweep. I hate to say this, but you're going against – I mean, these guys are champions. These guys have won multiple titles, right? They they know what it takes to get it done. Um, Jokic – you know, as an MVP, regular season MVP, and that's all in well. But, like, he needs help, and he's just not getting it, you know. Um, let's see. The biggest contributor, Barton, right? Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I think the bench put up, like, 32 points. The bench for the Warriors put up 40. I mean, obviously, Steph was <laughs> coming off the bench. But, right. um, you know, it's just where else are you going to get? Where else are you going to get production from? Austin Rivers, five points, you know, two for five. He missed every three-pointer he took. He played 26 minutes, you know. I mean, that's that's not great. <laughs> that's not going to get you there. So I think that uh, – I think the Warriors know what they're doing. They have a roadmap. They've traveled this, this, this road many times before. They're very comfortable in the playoffs. I mean, you know, they've made the playoffs, what, nearly every single year since – uh, Kerr took over, except for last year, and they got knocked out of the play-in tournament, and that was mainly due to injury. Uh, I, I think this is an easy, uh, easy first round for them. Uh, I think they sweep the Denver Nuggets. This is interesting too because I did not know Campazzo was suspended. Um, I'm wondering how long the suspension is, but he's actually a contributor as well. Um, they do have to shoot better, and looking at it across the board. Outside of Jokic, Jokic was a shot away from being 50%. Uh, Barton actually shot over 50%, and uh, Jeff Green shot two for three. Like, Jeff has to get the ball more because Jeff is actually a, a great player. I'm, I'm biased. I'm a Georgetown Warriors. So I love the guy, but he still could do a lot of stuff. He's very instrumental. But they're going to have to get it done from everybody. Like, everybody has to contribute better. Hopefully, Malone comes up with a better scheme to go up against uh, Golden State, but this is an uphill battle. Okay, so we are actually at the the final 10 minutes of this show. We have the the games that are taking flight today. I want their predictions and picks for City. We are going to get into it right now as I get the schedule in line. Uh, the call-in number is 929-477-2759. Please stay tuned to phiapparel.co, the sponsor for the network. Um, okay, so the first game that we have starts at 1 p.m., the Atlanta Hawks go into Miami, Florida, up against the Heat. How do you guys feel this goes down? I'll start with you first, Mike. Who wins this game and why, the Atlanta Hawks or the Miami Heat? I think the Heat are the more balanced team. I, I think they probably get this game. But listen, um, listen, Ice Trey is going to show up big in at least one of these games in this series um, and put this team on his back. But 
I think taking Capella out of the lineup, not being – I think it's going to be – I read yesterday or the day before that he's going to be reevaluated in a week. Uh, Atlanta needs that size inside and some of that dirty work around the rim, so they need they need him to really contest and and win this series. Um, so I think I think Miami wins today, and I think this is going to be a a bit of an uphill battle for Atlanta, especially without their without their big man. Okay, Groove, who do you like in this matchup? The Hawks or the Heat, and why? I'm gonna take the Heat. Um, the Heat have won four of the last five. They actually lost the last game of the season, but they already beat Atlanta on April 8th, uh, 113-109. I think the the score looks a little bit closer. I think it looks almost close exactly like that. I think it's going to be like 113-107, to 108, maybe 114-108, to 108, something like that, but I think the Heat win this, win this game, and uh, they should win the series. I mean, there's a 10-game swing between each of them and their records. Um, you know, Miami Heat have played very well all season. I mean, t- to be fair, Atlanta has also won the last uh, four out of five games. Um, but I just think overall the matchups, like you said, style makes fights, and I think Miami takes the series. This is a very tough situation because the last time I tested Trey on the road, was last year up against the Knicks, and I had to learn to shut up. I just want to see the guy play now. Now it's like, don't talk junk because this guy could put up a 40-point game out of nowhere, and I don't see a point guard that's slowing him down in Miami unless they switch Butler onto him. But I, I know Larry plays defense, but I, I think Trey at this point in time has a point to prove. So I, I am going to, if I'm picking, I think the Heat, protect their house, but I will not be stunned if the Hawks steal game one. I won't. I will not be stunned if they steal it. But I will go with the panel and go with the Heat to win this one. Uh, Trey has to get this done while he's down the gun with John Collins being out. But he, he did just fine to get them here at this point in time. So I'm, I'm going Heat. I'm going to agree with the panel. To me, this next one is the game of the day. I want to see how you guys feel about it. The Brooklyn Nets go on the road to come here to the New England section of the United States to go up against the Boston Celtics. Styles make fights. I don't think the record or the seed explains how interesting this matchup is. Move, I'll start with you on this one. Nets or Celtics, the rematch fool from last year. Man, if you love basketball, this is the game, right? This is the freaking game right here. This is this is the matchup. I think this is probably going to be the, one of the best matchups in the entire playoffs, to be honest with you. Um Man, it's uh gonna be great. Um, I don't, man. This is hard. Uh, I would say <laughs> I favor I favor Brooklyn. Like you said, seeds out the window, right? I I kind of favor Brooklyn, but man, Boston has been playing very very well. Um, I'm just excited to watch the game. I'm gonna be like everyone else with the popcorn and uh, you know, running around on Easter chasing, uh, trying to trying to steal some time away to watch the game. But I'll definitely sit down and watch this one for sure. Um, but I think I think Brooklyn wins. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Brooklyn wins the series. Before you do it, I want to help you. Boston's favored by four. Do you, you think Vegas has a hand in this, or do you think Brooklyn gets by Vegas? No, I think Brooklyn gets by Vegas. I think I think KD's definitely got something to prove, especially with them and the Lakers being ranked uh, the most likely to face in the finals at the beginning of the season and finishing the season. As a low a low of a seed as they did, I think they definitely have something to prove. And I, you know, um, 
I mean, I don't. Boston's no slouch. Don't get me wrong. They're, you know, they're not gonna. They're gonna have to beat them, and they're gonna have to beat them and beat them and beat them. But I think that uh, Brooklyn takes it. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on this matchup, Brooklyn or Boston? Which B team are you taking? So I kind of agree. Uh, like, first of all, I think this is the best first round matchup in either conference. To be honest with you, um, and it's really interesting that the uh, two seven matchups may be the most competitive on both sides. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. and how these uh, series shake out. But this has a chance to to be the best series in the first round. I know last year they played each other and the seeds were flip flopped and Brooklyn found a way to win. Listen, I'm impressed with uh, with what the Celtics were able to do this year. And, the, you know, everybody said these two guys couldn't play together as far as Brown and Tatum. I always thought it was just, uh, you know, what you had on the, on the field, on the court around them as far as how to make it work. Because I think you can make it work with two wings. Um, and so I'm impressed with, with the Cel- season that the Celtics were able to put together. But at the end of the day, I still feel like the biggest guns and the brightest stars um, wear a Brooklyn uniform in this series, <clears throat> and there are some uh, there are some Celtics players that that do impress me. But I feel like that Brooklyn just uh, it has the bigger star power, and I think at the end of the day, Brooklyn finds a way to win. I'm not 100% sure that it turns out in Game One. Um, I feel like Brooklyn probably finds a way to get game one and and then eventually they'll win this series. But honestly, Brooklyn just has to get one in Boston, and I think they will. I'm going to go against these guys. I live out in both sections. I'm a tri-state and a New Englander, so I get to be right in the middle of this. But until the Nets can prove to me that they can play defense, Boston wins game one. I am convinced. I think that they get this one and try to basically punch Kevin Durant in the face. Forget just the Celtics. They have to let no. They have to let KD know at this point in time we are tired of getting pushed around by you, giving us twenty-seven or better off of fifteen shots. No, they have to come out here and play that type of ball. This is a new dynamic, a new Celtics team, a new coach. Everything is all in line for them. They're just missing their big. That's the anger of their defense at the end of the day. I feel like the Celtics get this one at home. The next matchup we have are the Chicago Bulls, about an hour, 45 minutes away from Milwaukee, driving north up against the Bucks. Is there anybody here that thinks the Bulls have a shot up against the Bucks in Milwaukee? Nope. I think they win the first game. I think the Bulls win the this Bulls? Game. Whoa! Yeah. Really? Yep. Call it a hunch. If he pulls this out, we'll take this I hit. am gonna go get him off of his hunches. <laughs> and then, whoa! If he, I want to see what I want to see what the line is in Vegas to go with them money line, and just to see how big that is. That's crazy. I don't even. I'm gonna try it though. But um, <laughs> I'm not messing with it. I'm not messing with it though. But I I I stand tall in this one. I'm gonna go with the Bucks to win this one. They it, the spread is ten and a half in Vegas. I don't know what the money line looks like now, but I'm gonna look at this moment in time. But the last game we have are the Pelicans going up against the Suns in Phoenix. Uh, 
do you guys feel the Pelicans could steal this one? I'll start with you on this one first, Mike. How do you feel about this one going down? I don't think they're going to steal this one. I think they can get a game, at least in this series. You know, we'll see what happens if we get any Zion before the series is over. Uh, but I think the Suns uh, are going to win this with series probably in five. Uh, but So I'm going to say no. I don't think that, that New Orleans can win game one. Groove, how do you feel about this matchup? Pelicans, Suns, can they steal a game? And I still want to see if Zion could get back into the series, at least try to play for him. I think the Pelicans can steal a game, absolutely. Listen, they've knocked mm. out they knocked out the Spurs. They knocked out the Clippers. My, They want to call them a rival to the Lakers, but really they're not. Let's be realistic. Um, but it's Thank been you. let's go Pelis from me. You know it's been let's go Pelis from me. It's been let's go Pelis, and I'm going to be like let's go Pelis until they prove me wrong. So if they can come out and, uh, you know, they should get a game. They should get a game, at least one in the series. I mean, I'm not going to go by any stretch and say they're going to beat a one seed and, and, uh, and take the series. But uh, they've been scrappy. They've been they've been playing great basketball, and uh, CJ McCollum has been cooking. So, I think they'll get one game. Okay, poor city. Please forgive me. We're we're dealing with people that are overcome with sadness right now. They are, you know, have to like transition from being Lakers fans to Clippers fans. They they have to change this up. So I understand. The, the pain that they're dealing with. So at this point in time, I, I get it. But looking at the money line for that, uh, what was that, the Bulls and Bucks, if the Bulls hit, it's a plus 435. So that's, that's interesting that they have it interesting low, interestingly low. So it's interesting there. But I don't know about this because the Pelicans actually have an offense that could actually – upset the Suns for game one. If the Suns take this game lightly, I feel like the Pelicans could go in here and win this game, but this spread is also set at 10.5. I don't think the Suns lose this one. But it'll be interesting enough if this is a game in the fourth quarter and C.J. is cooking because I don't think Devin Booker could defend C.J. if he tried or if his life was on the line. So this would be a very interesting game. I think Chris Paul and Aiden have to get this thing done or if Bridges starts knocking down threes, then this could be an uphill battle. But the Pelicans have just enough guns to make this an interesting game. Uh, I'm going to go Suns, but I think this is going to be a nail-biter. We're going to have a great nightcapper for the evening, to say the least. Okay, you two. So we just got through the show. We're at the tail end of the show. I need plugs and closeouts from the two of you. As we shut the doors here at the brunch, Mr. Mill, thank you for stopping by. This is excellent that you stopped by. I'm surprised. Give me anything that you like to plug, close out with, or promote as we shut the doors here at the brunch. Well, obviously, I'd like to plug the barbershop on Clubhouse. You know, that's where we stay eating every day, all day, getting full in there. And uh, sometimes it turns a little spicy and violent, but uh, I like my food hot and spicy, so. I appreciate you guys. It only took me a year to get on the show. Um, you know, call it procrastination, call it whatever. Uh, call it eight o'clock on the on the West Coast when <laughs> it's the time the time the show starts. But it was fun. I appreciate both of you very much. And uh, you know, you're my brothers for life. And um, let's get this. Let's have a good uh, good Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to all of you out there. If you're celebrating, if not, I still love you anyway. And uh, let's go. He's worth it. He stirs up trouble. He stirs up so much trouble. Call it procrastination. You can give us a year. This is what I go. 
What's it? I'll be trying. I'll be fighting. Listen, I'm not even going to get into that because we have an Easter. I want to have a good spirit. I don't want to go into that. Okay, Mike, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we shut the doors here at the bus. First of all, it's always a pleasure and a privilege, man, to always uh, chop it up with you and, and share this uh, show on Sunday mornings. It's a highlight of my week, and then I get my other brother in with us today. Uh, and so nothing like a family on Easter Sunday. So uh, uh, a true pleasure to have uh, the two of you alongside to do the show and to do the brunch on, on Easter. You know, I told you guys for a couple months that we were trying to get to 10K by our birthday, and thanks to everybody, we made it. And the barbershop at 10K, I'll tell you again, many times, come check us out. Even if you're just in the car going from point A to point B, the odds are you're going to, if something happens in the news and sporting news or whatever, uh, you're going to find that out in the barbershop as quick as you can find out on your phone, and it's going to be a lot more entertaining. So uh, if you can come stay for a little while while you're chilling, great. But even if you can just pop in for a few minutes, like, listen, everybody that uh, everybody that comes through the doors of the shop makes it a better place, and that's how we've gotten to 10,000. So check it out. Check out Sports City Chefs. Check out the blog, the website, all the shows we got going on. Got a baseball show coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, we met, talked a couple of weeks ago right before the season started, so we're going to have about a week and a half, almost two weeks of baseball in the books when we get together on Tuesday night. We got the uh, cookout on Wednesdays. Uh, we got all kinds of shows coming up. We got uh, finger foods, blogs, everything else on Sports City Chef's website. Got merchandise for both the clubhouse and Sports City, so check it out. Support us. Uh, every click helps, man. So, uh, as we always, as we say in Louisiana, man, laissez les bon temps rouler. Thank you all for having me. Let the good times roll, and I'll catch you on the next one. He, he got Hollywood, y'all, for city. Now he, he hit y'all with that little boo-boo. He, he, he gave you all of this stuff now, you know? This is what they do. He got Hollywood on me. So I don't know what to do with the guy no more. But he said everything that my hands are in. I'm barbershop, I'm sports city, sportscitychefs.com with the merch, and with the barbershop, if you want to get some merch, just contact me. We'll get this done. We're trying to get a lot of stuff moving. This has just been a heavy month, heavy year, too much stuff going on. But we will still survive the storm no matter what. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon, they well in tune, blown like a flower in June, Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again, Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs, Uh-huh.